0: Will the Lord be with you? We've just read from the Gospel of St. John about doubting Thomas. Thomas says, unless I see, I will never believe. There is an old saying, and you can help me complete it, and the saying is, seeing is Believing, seeing is believing. That was Thomas' attitude. In spite of Jesus' prediction about his death and his resurrection, in spite of the eyewitnesses who saw Jesus raised from the dead, these people who were Thomas' friends, he demanded visual proof. Let's think about this. Is seeing really believing? Do we need to see to believe? What about the other senses? Have you ever had your screen door open in the evening, in a cool evening, and all of a sudden you're wafted by the scent of skunk? How many of you have had that happen before? It happens quite often in our neighborhood. The... The wafting and and tearing scent of skunk comes into the house because your screen door is open and it just comes through your patio door. How many times have you had a conversation with anyone in your house or any of your neighbors who would say, unless I see the skunk and see its white stripe, I won't believe there's a skunk out there. No, you know there's a skunk because you smell it. How about your sense of hearing? Let's suppose you're standing by your shed, very common occurrence when this happens, and you hear a great buzzing behind in the back of your shed. Do you say to yourself, unless I go around the shed and see the massive hornet's nest and I feel the stinging of the hornets into my skin, I won't believe. How about history? What can we know about history? History. Now, until the 20th century, we really couldn't see history at all because it wasn't documented on video. All we have to rely on is written testimony, eyewitness testimony that was written and recorded. How could we ever believe there was such a thing as Babylon or Mesopotamia, Egypt, Rome, ancient Greece? We only know it by what was written. what about philosophy can you see truth if seeing is believing do you do you see truth to believe in it truth isn't something you see through the natural senses it's something you have to believe in you have to recognize through other ways How about ethics? What's right or wrong? Unless I see ethics, I I won't believe in it. We believe in morality. And we believe in morality without seeing it. How about ontology? That is the study of reality. It's a subdivision of the philosophy called metaphysics. What is real? Are we really here? Is our world really real? How do we know what's real? Is it through seeing that we come into an Ontological knowledge about reality? No, it's through other processes. And it's the same with religion, with God, with eternity, with sin, with damnation, with heaven, and eternal life. We know these things in other ways besides just seeing them. If you only believe what you can see, you'll be shortchanged in this life. If you only believe what you see, you're going to miss a vibrant and joyful life. Jesus rebukes Thomas. He says, stop doubting and start what? Believing. But what about those who believe who have never seen? Jesus blesses them. He says, Thomas, blessed are those who have and who will come to believe in me without seeing And John says, That's why we've written these things to you. Verse 31. That's why we've written these things to you, in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through faith in him you may have life. John says, I'm writing so that you can believe. Now, who is John writing to when he says, I'm writing to you so that you may believe? I'll tell you who he's not writing to. He's not writing to Thomas. He's not writing to the doubting Thomases of this world. It's unfortunate and it's unthoughtful that many people think Christianity is an exercise in blind faith. I talk to many people and many people say, how can you believe that? It's just blind faith. It's not blind faith, but let's just take blind faith. Let's just take the blind and look at the blind. Can the blind, blind people, can they know anything? Can blind people know anything? Of course they can. You don't say to a blind person, you can't know anything because you're blind, and since you're blind, you can't see, and seeing is believing. So you can't know or believe anything because you're blind. That's nonsense. Christianity is not blind faith, and even if it was... You could still know things. Christianity is informed faith. Informed faith. Listen, if you're only going to accept the resurrection of Jesus Christ by seeing Jesus face to face, you're going to have to wait. Until you die, or until he comes again in power and glory. In either circumstance, you're going to have to come to Jesus face to face. You'll see the in Christ, and then you'll face judgment. He's not writing for people who are like Thomas, who says, seeing is believing. Nor is John writing for those who are indifferent to belief. after traveling extensively in the developing world, I'm astonished how indifferent the people of the West are to the spiritual and supernatural beliefs. There's so much indifference in our culture. We're just indifferent to spirituality. We're just indifferent to supernatural belief. Why is this? I think part of it's arrogance. We have so much knowledge available to us through the internet, we have so much material resources, so much scientific, so much engineering resources. So much consumer resources, so much time, so much leisure, that we just think that we're better than the rest of the world. The people in India are just so foolish. The people in Africa, the people in Latin America, they're so superstitious. They waste all that time pursuing spirituality and supernatural belief. We've moved beyond that. I think there's this arrogance in Western society, and I think it will be our downfall. Our arrogance. And I take no delight in saying this, but I think many in the West are indifferent to God and to supernatural belief because they're just plain lazy. Lazy. How many of you remember watching... Any of the long-running X-files, TV shows or movies? In his office, the main protagonist, Fox Mulder, had a poster, a big poster, hanging in in his office. And on that poster was this cheesy-looking flying saucer, and in big, bold letters next to it, do you remember what it said? "I want to believe." He wanted to believe in UFOs. He just needed the evidence. I think this generation is just the opposite about things of the Spirit, things of God, is they're looking for reasons not to believe. Because believing would take too much time, too much resources, too much commitment. I take no delight in saying it, but I think so many, so many in our Western society of privileged, pampered people are just plain indifferent to God, to the things of the Lord, because they're just lazy. They've been lulled to sleep through the arrogance of modern living. So, who is John writing to? Really two categories of people. To a lesser extent, John writes to those who are struggling with belief. He writes to those who struggle with belief. Those people who say, I want to believe. John tells these people that they don't have to believe through a blind faith, that Christianity is an informed faith. That's why he said he's writing so that you could be informed. He said, we have eyewitness testimony. We and others who saw Jesus in His ministry, with His miracles, through His suffering, His death, and His miraculous resurrection from the dead. John tells those who are struggling with belief that Christianity is informed faith. We're informed through the Eyewitness testimony of Scripture. We're informed through church history and the writings of the church father and history in general. We're informed through liberal arts and social sciences. And as much as the world wants to say otherwise, as much as the world wants to try to prove otherwise, our Christian faith is informed through science. Our Christian faith is informed through science. I bet this name will be very familiar to all of you. The name is George LaMatra. You know this name, right? No, everybody's shaking their head. You do not know the name of George LaMatra? Well, let me just inform you about George. He was the first physicist who proposed the idea that the universe was not in a steady state, like other physicists had said for many, many years, but that the universe was expanding. And if the universe was expanding, that must have meant that at one time, way back in the past, the universe must have had what? A beginning. And he postulated an idea that's, mocking scientists called the Big Bang. And that was a pejorative because there was nothing to bang into. They were making fun of the Big Bang Theory, which was first postulated by George Lamatra. Not only did they make fun of this idea of an expanding universe, but they challenged the integrity of Dr. Lamatra. They said, Dr. LaMatra, the only reason you're proposing this idea that the universe had a beginning and is now expanding is because you're biased. You have a huge bias. Do you know what his huge bias was that they said was his huge bias? He was also a physicist, but also a Catholic priest. Catholic. Genesis 1.1 says what? In the beginning. Scientists laughed at the idea with the steady state theory. There was no beginning. Matter has always existed. La Matra followed by Hubble proved that the universe had a beginning. What well, was before the beginning? Well, Friends, that's not subject to science. That's subject to the informed faith that comes through revelation. God's revelation. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth, and His name is Jesus Christ. For those who are struggling, John says we have an informed faith. You can believe. And finally, John especially, he especially writes to those who God wants to take from a superficial belief to a radical, life-changing belief in Jesus Christ. John says, I'm writing for those of you who are nominal Christians, who believe in the name of Jesus, but that you may come into a greater belief in Jesus as Messiah. In the Greek language of the New Testament, the word belief and faith are the same Greek word. John says, I've written these things in order that you may believe. I've written these things in order that you may entrust yourself. We believe a lot of things, don't we? Have you ever meet people who believe weird things? I mean, some years ago, there was this ongoing reality TV series in search of Bigfoot. And as unbelievable as, as it seems, there's still flat earth societies. There's still people who believe the earth is flat. There's people who believe a lot of things. But how many people entrust themselves to something? We're just not believers, folks. God doesn't call us to be believers. He calls us to be people of faith who will entrust our very lives to Jesus as Messiah. In fact, one could read this verse, verse 31 in the Gospel of John, as saying, I've written these things in order that you may continue to believe, that you may progress in your belief, that you may grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For He was, is, and will be the Messiah. Most of my ministry has been working with young people and teenagers, but for a period of six years, I worked as a chaplain in a retirement community, people who were at the end of their lives, and it was really eye-opening I worked in a retirement community in a very wealthy area, and very wealthy people lived there. And many of these people had lived extraordinarily good lives. They had achieved nice and good things, and they had good things, and, and their lives had, had been filled with hard work, but, but of all the amenities, all the, all the things that, that we think in modern society make life Worthwhile, And more than a handful of these people, as they came to the end of their life, and I would interact with them, they would make it politely clear to me that they had no interest in God or my services as a chaplain. And, and some of these people would say to me, you know what? I've had a great life. I've had a great life. Do we homogenized, modernized, and pampered rich people? Do we really entrust ourselves? Are we really willing to entrust ourselves to anything or anyone other than ourselves and our own self-interest? May I ask that again? Are we homogenized, modernized, and pampered rich people of this culture? Are we really willing to entrust ourselves to anything or anyone other than our own self interest? Yeah, but I had a great life. Yeah, you did. You had a great life. And it was short. And it was short lived. But what about God? What about belief? What about faith? In the end, I can guarantee you this. In the end, you who had a great life without faith, without belief, without God, you're going to regret your lack of faith because you arrogantly and erroneously believed that you could trust only what you could see. When in fact, you were merely short-sighted. John writes, I've written to you who are struggling in your faith. I've written to you who are are nominal Christians who believe in the name of Jesus but want to grow further. I've written to you so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that through faith in Him, you may have not a great life, but have great eternal life. Let's pray. Lord, we...